The Sunday Grill with Carney & Co. Property Sales and Letting. If you're thinking of selling or letting anywhere in Wexford this year, put it on show with Carney & Co. Now that vaccinations are ramping up, many singletons are eager but very anxious to resume dating. Well, the soulmate coach, a.k.a. Jean Sullivan Belici, is waiting in the wings with a free online event to help singletons get inspired to get back on the dating fast track. She's teamed up with a style coach and a nutrition and fitness coach as part of the event and Jean, i.e. the soulmate coach, is chatting with me this morning along with style coach Sharon Huggard who's going to try and get us out of our sweatpants. I don't think I'll ever wear heels again, Sharon, to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You are both so welcome to the Sunday Grill this morning. Yes, Sharon, I'm sure you're hearing that from so many people that we, like, I think I would break my ankle if I put on a pair of heels. Yeah, I think comfort is king and we won't be going anywhere, but we can still elevate our basics and still be comfortable yet. Lovely, you know, I love confidence. that. Elevate <laughs> our basics. That's what I need in my life. Okay, brilliant. Right Jean, how are you? We talked to you 12 months ago about, you know, having a, a very definite idea of what you want in a partner and, you know, showing your freak and not being afraid to show your true personality. <laughs> how have things been for you for the past 12 months? You know, that's a really great question because... A lot of clients have really been resonating with that. However, now that things are opening up again, it's changing quite a bit their attitude. It's it's like a lot of them are feeling very eager. You know, the the lockdown really brought into awareness for them just, you know, how much they really wanted a partner. But now that they have been out of the game for a while, they're really you know, rusty and, and anxious about, you know, putting themselves back out there. So it's kind of like starting from scratch again. Mm. So that's why we put together this event so that we can help people boost their dating confidence and to your point, fly their freak flag and put themselves out there so that their fellow freaks can find them. And what is the feeling? Because, of course, some things are restricted, but we're not, you know, saying, oh, get out, go out there and meet loads of people and, you know, go on loads of dates. How, how are people wanting to do it now while still saying staying safe? It's kind of a hybrid. So uh, I always recommend that people start online first mm-hmm. and use their dating profile and the online dates as a way to screen people. It's a lot easier for them to do it that way than to screen people in person. It can be a lot more awkward to find out on an actual date that maybe your deal breakers don't match, your essential needs don't match, or your goals don't match. So I, I think that's very important. It's a it's a great way to help yourself not fall into the trap of, you know, physical chemistry, which mm-hmm. a lot of us can fall into and sometimes overlook our needs and our desires. I, I was always really interested in your deal breakers. And you might um, tell us again about what a deal breaker is and maybe give us an example of what your deal breakers were. That's a great question. So a deal breaker is something that you absolutely, if you were honest with yourself, no matter how much you really love a person, you just can't live with. It just would not make you happy. And you'd have to compromise your own values and goals in order to be in that relationship. Okay. Um, a really uh, important one for me at the time was I uh, did not want to be with somebody who was actively in addiction. Okay. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that just wouldn't be very uh, healthy. It would be something that would constantly make me anxious. And for many other people, it's about children. I had a client once who dated somebody. She had amazing chemistry with him. 
And but on the first date, they both said to each other, the 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 younger man, he wanted to have kids one day. She was a little older and she was past that time and she didn't want she did not want kids. Mm. And they both said that, but they had such amazing chemistry, they overlooked it. And they were in the relationship for seven years until he finally broke down and said, I I, oh. I can't keep waiting for you to change your mind. Okay. And he left. And that's a real example of when a, when a deal breaker can be ignored and will go wrong then. Absolutely. So that's why it's important to really understand what those are for you. And sometimes we we really don't, and we are more flexible about it than we probably should be just because maybe we're lonely or we really like someone. But I, I really coach people to, you know, part of confidence is really owning who you are, what you want, and what you just can't have in a relationship in order to be happy. And they could be quite small things as well, couldn't they? They don't have to be the, you know, must want kids, mustn't have issues with addiction. They can be quite small things that make your day-to-day life work. Like, you know, loving dogs. What's the point in having a potential partner who just hates dogs, you know? Exactly, because dogs are a part of your family. Mm -hmm. And so that would really be something that would make you, both of you, unhappy. You'd have to compromise something. Um, It could also be, uh, you know, it's funny, I've been... Having a lot of uh, women who are in their 60s and 70s who are telling me, I I really want a companion, but I don't want to live with anyone. Okay. They've kind of been. (laughs) That's a pretty big deal breaker there, Jean. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, some really good advice there. And, and, And do you think, I know you're very pro the deal breakers, but should we be a bit more. You know, should there be a bit of bartering, especially coming out of a pandemic? Should we give people a little bit of leeway even? That's such a good question because that is part of the issue is that sometimes without talking it through with someone, you don't really know what your actual deal breakers are. Mm. You know, for example, um, sometimes with people who are in a relationship and one is a little more, let's say, financially responsible than the other, it's very common for people to say, well, I want somebody who's exactly the same way. Um, but then when they get into the relationship, they realize it is negotiable. Okay. As long as they find a way to, to manage it, it is something they can live with. And so that's really the difference. A deal breaker is something that just can't be managed. You just can't deal with it. Okay. And, and your point about the dogs is a really good one, especially if somebody's allergic Yes, <laughs> that could be a massive problem, couldn't it? Um, as we said at the start, you're having a free Love After Lockdown Boost Your Dating Confidence and Attract Your Partner event. It's on on July 6th, so this day this day and next month at 7pm until 8.30 on Zoom. Um, one of the things is about flexing your confidence muscle. And one way that we can do that is by, you know, we're in a bit of a style rush at the moment. We might as well admit that. And and Sharon Huggard, <laughs> you are a style coach. Would you agree that or is there people, are there, I, I know one of my friends, every time I see her, she just looks amazing. And she said she just wants to wear her clothes, whereas just give me a pair of leggings, I'll be okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it's absolutely no doubt that we have, you know, I think it kind of went back to initially when it happened, all happened in March 2019. It was that kind of, you know, when you get, it's like fear and it's kind of that primal kind of wanting to protect ourselves. And we mm. all went into our leggings in a kind of nearly fetal position. <laughs> and we did not think it was going to go on for, you know, 16 yeah. months nearly. And I suppose our work 
the way we live had changed as well. We weren't at the office. There was, you know, we were maybe at home and you were working one minute, you were, you know, attending to the children maybe another minute or, you know, the way we worked. And so our, our clothing needed to move with us as well. And people tend to dress mm-hmm. for others. So people might tend to dress for, you know, Mary in the office. She's very glad when we need to up our game or on a girl's night out. We all have that friend, as you say, that looks fabulous. So we up our game. So this time it was about dressing for ourselves. And some people just, you know, didn't have the bandwidth as well. You know, there was a lot going on while COVID was impacted everybody. It didn't impact Mm -hmm. everybody equally as well. So there was an awful lot of comfort and just nobody seeing me. So why bother? So, you know, for me, it's kind of, we have we have to get dressed every day. So how to use that as a tool to kind of um, to I suppose feel more confident, to feel um, you know to kind of ha- put that little mm. to, to enhance your mood. I think clothes are a great way to enhance your mood and to give you that. Lift. So how do we ease ourselves into that? Especially if we are thinking about you know getting back into the dating scene, and you know we don't want to you know go back to the days of hair extensions and you know, small yeah. little talks. <laughs> yeah, grooming, grooming standards. <laughs> Not 2021. have um, lowered. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and that's good too. You know, what I found, I found really amazing um, during lockdown was it was just so leveling. It was just so, when you were on Zoom, you could see people getting grayer week by week. <laughs> you could see people. It was just, I think it was just a leveler and I just, I just, I found it liberating yeah, to be honest. it was liberating, that but I suppose of, we can't do it forever, can we? We can't. And it's, you know, it's good. It's good to get, to get out now and to kind of, you know, use as they use clothes to make that step, because some people, as Jean said earlier on, some people are excited. Some people are very nervous about it. And um, I spoke to a lady the other day and she was invited to a family event, which normally she would be excited about. But she actually just went, oh, my God, I've actually nothing to wear. And the fear that came over her you know, that she had actually nothing to wear and she didn't. And did she have actually nothing to wear? She'd one dress that fit her. Okay. One. Did she yeah. wear that dress? She did. And she said she tried everything. She tried to stop herself from going. She said, you know, she she literally tried everything in the book, you know, to, to, to not go. And, you know, I suppose what I'm all about is, not, you know, yes, having, the two, having clothes and having just a few pieces for each area of your life. We don't need mountains of clothes. We've seen that mm-hmm. in the last, you know, 14 to 16 months. We need fewer clothes, but more outfits. So if you're invited to something, you know, that you have those pieces in your wardrobe that you can just put your hand on, you feel confident wearing it, um, and then you can go and live your life and make memories. That's really, really important that we have the clothes. They're there. They're Yes, they're a tool. They're important. But it's all about then going, living your life and um, making memories from that. So what will you be telling people on the night of the event? How will you be educating people on getting back into style? So it's, first of all, I, I speak a lot about, as you know, as um, Jean said, about, you know, owning your own style. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we all know people that, you know, just own it. That when they come into a room, they are just magnetic and they're just radiant when they own their style. So it's not about taking. Yes, I, I'm all about, you know, you can take inspiration from people, but not, don't give your power away. Don't give your, you know, don't be under the influence. And um, so it's about. Um, you know, I talk about steps about body shape because at the moment that is very important. It's not your, it's not size, it's shape. And mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit of, you know, top tips, you know, that I can share with people will um, just give them that little bit of confidence. They feel better in their clothes. Again, at the moment, there might be transition pieces that you need. You might just need one or two pieces that will carry you through at the moment. 
but at the same time don't put it off don't defer finding you know finding love don't defer your happiness and that's my big big message um, and I will be talking about finding your style personality again tying up a jean you know fly your freaky flag <laughs> Great. Some great advice there. And as I said, the event is on July the 6th and it is completely free as usual on Zoom between 7 and 8.30. Jean will be there as will Sharon and there'll be a fitness and nutrition coach as well. If you want to get more details, then you can go to the Soulmate Coach website and that is mysoulmatecoach.com. Best of luck with it, ladies. And thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Orla. Thank you so much. Thank you, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, have you seen Riverdance, the animated adventure yet? It debuted on Sky. It's also available on Now TV. I'll give you a quick listen to it. Come on. Whoa. Where are we? Someplace magical. Those deer, their dance keeps the rivers flowing. (laughs) This is the one you must stop. The river. I forgot how to gallop! It's been so long, it's a big exercise! Well, there is no mistaking that that is Riverdance and it's a Sky original movie. It follows an Irish boy named Keegan and a Spanish girl called Moya as they journey into the mythical world of Megalorchius Gigantus. Uh, they teach them to appreciate Riverdance as a celebration of life. It is just gorgeous and Pierce Brosnan, Ashley B and Paula McGlynn are also in the movie. But the reason we're talking about it today is because of the Southeast connection. Paul Bulger is the man behind Pillarstone Productions based in County Waterford and he was the production designer behind Riverdance, the animated adventure. And he joins me this morning. You're very welcome, Paul, and congratulations. Well, thanks a million. How are you? What a gorgeous movie. And I think, you know, so, so beautiful to look at, so uplifting, really something that we need as hopefully we come to the end of this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, it's a funny story attached to where it came from, from me anyway, because I was really just responsible for the look of the film. Mm. I didn't direct it or anything. A friend of mine from Dublin is the director, who's an old mate of mine, and uh, he worked at Disney for years, and I've done stuff myself around the world but on this particular project um, it kind of came to me funnily enough in that a few years ago Barry Devlin from Horselips who I work with on a lot of other projects he wrote a version of it for them and I don't think they went with his version but uh, I did a few drawings and I introduced them to Eamon and five years later I I get a call (laughs) to say look that thing's actually going ahead are you free and I was writing the end on a book I was drawing uh, and I went, yeah, I'm free now. And next thing I know, I, I'm over there in Canada for a meeting and uh, with their great team. They did it in Montreal. And when was so, this? Was it m- oh, in the midst of 20, the pandemic or before? 2017. Okay. Late 20. It was, I, this, these films take about five to seven mm. years to make, mm. you know. Mm. And the real production of that movie would have really started probably 20, early 2018. And I think they were pretty much finished the heavy lifting, as we call it, of the production before the pandemic hit. But like that's a, they have a bunch of studios around the world, and in that particular studio, there'd be probably three or 400 people, and they all just were already starting to work from home, I think, a few mm-hmm. of them, because the weather can be quite severe over there. Do you know, so they were, in a strange way, they, they were kind of almost uh, ready for it. But from a film point of view, 
I think the, the Riverlands team, who I worked with, obviously, you know, they wanted to make it for younger audiences and give their their project a kind of a new lease of life. So, and the whole idea was to try and make it, which I liked, a kind of a kid friendly movie because sometimes animation can be it's great, but it can be very clever as well, mm-hmm. trying to appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we forget that you know. Every now and then to make a kids movie is not a bad thing, you know. Yeah, and that kids don't get the kind of. I even sometimes watching Peppa Pig, I'm like, oh, this is a little bit racy, you know. There's always a little. Well, it can be, yeah, you know, and and sometimes. Well, there's a couple of themes in the Riverdance film. In fairness, now that mm. you know, they are a bit true to life, and but in terms of the world and the fantasy that the guys wanted to create, I mean, what I tried to do was, we were talking about how do we represent Ireland because when you put Ireland on screen, it can often be quite corny or postcardy or a bit shillelagh and, yeah, yeah. you know, top of the morning to you and all this crap. And uh, I think we it was great that they had the Irish voices in it. There's a couple of American actors doing some of the magic creatures, but the the sort of note that I got from the lads when they wanted to talk about how it should look, they were sort of saying to me, you know, they had all this amazing artwork. When I arrived to look, they had so much beautiful paintings and everything done. But they had all the team from all over the world because the only two people who are Irish on the movie are me and the director. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else was from everywhere. Two important roles, though. Yeah, well, in fairness, I suppose it was up to us to keep an eye on it. But, but there was a, a, guy, a lot of people from, say, France or Spain and there was a couple of local Canadians, German. There was people from everywhere and they were all kind of drawn what they thought Ireland looked like. You know, okay, that's interesting. So what was yeah, it? Like you and, said, the, all the harps and the sheep. Uh, and well, like you that. know what was funny is, no, they were drawn where they were from. They were drawing a green version of where they were from. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. But it was great. <laughs> Fantastic artwork. So what I, my job really was to try and put a shape on it and pull it into a, a very focused... And that's interesting uh, what your job is because twice you've said that you're the look of well, the film. Well, my job on that would have been production designer. And what does that mean then? What do you well, do? Well, I actually had two or three roles. I, 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 it was, because it was a slightly lower budget film, I, I was kind of spread across a few things. Well, look... I, I did the production line, design, the art direction, and I did a bit of directing for them on a particular scene. So the production designer, usually on a cartoon film, an animated movie, is the person who's responsible for supervising how the characters will look, supervising okay. how the world will look. Uh, they will, like, you know, for example, we wanted to have hawthorn trees, right? Just to give you an example. Mm. And I'm quite familiar because I'm from Waterford and I know the southeast and I used to live in Wexford. So, and I know Hookhead and all that. And I love the way the trees say down. And if you go down by Hookhead, you can see some of the trees are blown in by the wind. You know yeah. the way they face. Yeah. So we made simple decisions like that, which they wouldn't have known. They've never been here. So I said, the hawthorn trees are by the, uh, we'll do it by the coast and they all have to sweep a certain way. We do oak trees a certain way. So it gets down to that kind of detail that you're sort of saying the roots of a particular tree it needs to be like this kind of a shape oh, how we do rocks I really will look out for that now that's lovely yeah 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 and there's some there's some really interesting things in there that we did like you'll notice the landscape changing as you move through the film because our idea was it's not really true to life obviously but we kind of had in our head that they're travelling from Dingle to the Giant's Causeway so they go okay. diagonally across Ireland so mm-hmm. we tried to cover you know the feel of Ireland yeah the landscape yeah yeah, yeah. Lovely. Does that give you a buzz? It does. And like, you know, like I said, I'm from down around here and, and I, I put in a bit of Dunmore East, for example, you know, because mm. my dad's from around that way. So mm. I remember 
the, you, you know, the lighthouse, but they also have the lighthouse, obviously, in Hook, and they have the lighthouse in Dublin, which the people behind Riverlands are from, so we put in a, we put in a lot of stuff, a bit of Cove, a bit of Town, so you get a bit of Kilkenny, a bit of whatever. It, you know, maybe it does feel like the set of beasts, actually, <laughs> I think about it, you know, which is good, right? Uh, but it has references to all the new granges in there and the Giant's Causeway and all the big, you know, whatever. The stuff that the so, tourists want to see, really. Yeah, but we did it in a way that even if you never get to see it, you know, you might, as a kid, it might just feel like a magical place. It doesn't have, you know, it's not about, I doubt many seven-year-olds are going to get on a plane to come and see Newgrange because of Riverdale, you know. <laughs> but might. you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if you're going to be the one to answer this, but is the character Moya a nod to Moya Doherty, who's obviously yeah, the kid yeah, is? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And the, and, and the character in the film is, is nice. You know, she's the idea is like there that they they wanted to do all the dances and the particular sh- sh- set pieces from the stage show. So what they did was, like, that little girl, she represents the, the woman that does the flamenco in, in the show. Okay. But she, I think she's the actor. I never met them, but I think she's a little, she's from, I think she was, is Spanish descent, but grew up in England, but she may even be living in Dublin now. So she has a slight Irish accent, but a little bit of an English t- twang to it. Whereas the uncle is great. He's he's a very good actor, that little kid. And he's, I don't know where he's from, but... um. The idea of having her in there was because she came to Ireland when she was a baby with her parents and she loved dancing and she learned river dance to fit in oh. in Ireland. But she's really good at flamenco and all the other stuff wow. as well. Wow, God, you really thought of everything. It kind of came full circle. Oh, you do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, really go into detail. And, and like I said, with the, the other job that I did then would be what you call art directing, which mm. is the, the production designer, they do work in colour, obviously, but a lot of the times you're just dealing almost, like if it was a real movie, say like live action movie or something, you'd be the one, almost like the architect of the film, so you'd be doing all these, how the houses are going to look, or, or okay. if you're going to go to a particular city to shoot it in, whereas in a cartoon, I suppose we would have been doing the black and white drawings, you know, that would show what the houses and the trees look like, and then the art director is usually another person, but in this case it was me, and I did both, and I'm deciding the colours with the directors. Okay. So there's a sort of a, if you imagine when you're planning a film, it's like you do a, bit, a kind of a comic book of it first, mm. you know? Mm. And then all the stages are worked out. So we know, for example, like you would if you were, I suppose, writing a novel or reading a novel, like where does it start and where does it end? And does it start in the nighttime? It's, does it start in the rain? Does it start in the day? Does it start in the field? Once, once you have all the decisions made, then you can decide what kind of field is it? You know, are they going from a rough, ro- rocky field or to a very grassy green field? <laughs> I kind of want your job. I think I would be so happy sitting down thinking of all these things. Before I let you go, Paul, because obviously people are doing their leaving cert starting on Wednesday and might be listening to you thinking this is the career for me. Uh, How did you start out? What did you do? Uh, Well, I did, I did graphic, I did, I went to school in Waterford and I did graphics in the WIT, as it's called now, back then it was the regional college, that's how old I am. But, uh, yeah, and I studied graphics, and I never got into graphics. Uh, we left college, it was the mid to late 80s, there was nothing going on, and mm. uh, really, and I didn't want to go away, so, like a lot of the lads were leaving the country, and I wanted to stick around, and then Sullivan Bluth opened up in Dublin, who made um, American Tale and Land Before Time, mm-hmm. and All Does Go to Heaven, those movies, so I applied, and I got in there, and I within a year I was animating, which was kind of cool, and then I, I just got in because there was a studio open, the difference now is, of course, you can study it. I, I've taught in IADT mm-hmm. and I've taught lots of courses. And yeah, stuff. And but as, a, as well. somebody doing their leaving now, it's a career choice now. When I was young, if you drew pictures, you ended up being a painter decorator mm-hmm. or you had to go to New York or something yeah. or London. Or you teach it, yeah. Or, or you teach it, which I didn't want to do. And um, I taught third level, but I, I think I would be uh, a bad influence on teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be listening to, to worse music than, than them. But 
I, I, I think if you want to get into this uh, now, you you know, there's plenty of books, there's plenty of... Uh, it's almost like, you know, I often think of it like guys playing rock music, you know. Uh, the, the original blues musicians had nothing to go on except mm. their old folk music. And mm-hmm. by the 70s, say, the rock bands had already figured out a way to do it. So a kid by the time in the 90s or now has all 70 years or 80 mm. years behind them of stuff that they can learn from. We kind of didn't have that. We just had Disney. Yeah. And the people that taught me were all the people that had worked on those old Disney films. But now you can go and work in Cartoon Saloon and Brown Bag, and yeah, they're doing great work. And so you don't lots have to leave the country, which you didn't you have to do. You don't want to tell you. This is the ironic, not ironic, this is the amazing thing. Ireland is one of the foremost producers of animation in the world. Yeah. yeah. In the world. Now, they do a particular type of animation. It's for very young kids. You know, the Americans still pretty much do the big feature films. But Cartoon Saloon do their feature films. So there's an industry here, which there wasn't 20-something years ago, 30 years ago. Well, listen, as I said at the start, congratulations. It is River Dance, the animated adventure. It's available on Sky and now TV as we speak. Paul Bulger, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thanks a million. Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Beat 102.03 on this June bank holiday weekend. You're listening to the Sunday Grill with me, Orla Raffle. And the last time we chatted to my next guest, she was heading off with her family to Europe in a camper van. That was over three years ago. And the plan was to go for a year to fill us in on what happened and what they're doing now. Neve Colfer from Living Off the Hook is on the phone. Hi, Neve. Good to talk to you again. Hi, Orla. I know. Last time we spoke to you, we were just about to hit to hit the road. Imagine, and it's mad to think it was over three years ago, and that you were going on your adventure as a as a family of four. Tell me, did you last the year in Europe? We lasted beyond a year, unbelievably. You know, we actually thought we might last a few months. We'll see how it goes. We could, I don't know, get homesick, run out of money. I don't, you know, anything could have happened. And we actually worked out really well. We had no trouble at all, and. It kind of feels like a dream now at this stage, but we lasted for two years. We had two full years traveling all around Europe. We visited so many countries and spent a lot of time in in some countries, like, for example, in Spain. We spent a good bit of time in there. And, yeah, fantastic. You know, in the end, we, we thought we might buy a place over there, buy a little plot of land and build our own yoga retreat center. Mm. And then when the pandemic hit, we, we were in Spain. We were actually working at a yoga retreat center. And we lasted for a few months. We, it was about this time last year when we kind of called it quits. We, we did run out of money and we came home. And then just a few weeks ago, we were kind of looking around Ireland, maybe for a little piece of land to, to begin our retreat center, our retreat center dream. And it turns out that there is uh, there was a place right around the corner from us, right around our noses this wow. whole time. So they're yeah. on the hook, on the hook peninsula. It is. It's on the hook. It's right next to Tintern Abbey. And it was an old garden centre. So it's just ideal. So we're getting ready to open our new retreat centre tomorrow. So you can check out the website and maybe sign up to our mailing list to stay up to date with our upcoming classes. We've got lots of events and exciting collaborations coming up too, as well as retreats. So we've got great plans for the months ahead and really can't wait to, to get together again with mm. people, you know, as we ease our way back into meeting mm. up after such a tough year. So it's living off the yeah. hook. You're still using that as your as your main Facebook page for everything that you're doing. Yeah, it's living off the hook with no G in the living and uh, so it's livingoffthehook.com and that's the same handle for our Facebook and Instagram pages too. Brilliant. You were going to homeschool for the two years because your children were quite small three years ago, weren't they? 
Yeah, so Ellen and Alex, they are now eight and nine, and we are still homeschooling, and it's all going good. Sure, they're learning so much now over at the garden centre, mm-hmm. and they've learned so much along our travels. We've picked up lots of books, and they got to play with lots of children from different countries as well. So they've picked up a lot of uh, different languages, and funnily enough, they can still differentiate between the languages. They didn't all mix up and blend into one. They're they could still, you know, catch a French um, few words or a Spanish few words here and there. And what did it do for you as a family, as a foursome, being together all the time for those two years? Yeah, we we really enjoy being together. Um, we we are together all of the time. We lived in a small space. It was just one little camper van, but we turned it into our house, really, you know. So we, we had a little upstairs room and we had a the patio out the front and the kitchen, the toilet. Um, yeah, we, we got used to it very quickly. We headed off with a whole load of stuff, like way too much, too many clothes, too many books, too many, just too many things. So we whittled it right down. We really, really um, minimized everything that we were carrying around with us. So we still live that very minimalist life. We don't own very much. And um, yeah, so less, less to tidy away, less... Um, things to worry about. Gosh, teach me that. I, I have someone in my <laughs> life who wants a plastic toy every day. Like, are you still being asked for yeah. stuff all the time? No, we don't. They they make their own toys, really, out of bits of wood. Liam does a lot of carpentry stuff. So they, they get to make their own toys out of wood. Ellen is big into gardening now. There's a polytunnel over at the, the new centre and she's getting really stuck in there. And Alex is exploring all of the new nature. We, we grew up by, by the lighthouse where you could have the head blown off you most of the time. You wouldn't um, really be able to get, you know, get, it's a different, really, uh, it's different wildlife, it's different birds, different sounds, different, really, it's, uh, although it's only a couple of minutes away from where we were living originally out at the lighthouse, it's still very, very different, lots wow. more to explore. So the garden centre is your home as well as being your yoga centre now? Yes, we're living over there and um, we, we are just about to launch our new geodesic dome. So okay, that's being built that? today. A geodesic dome is sort of like an igloo-shaped um, tent. <laughs> okay. so it's a, a fairly solid structure. It's a movable structure, but it's built of um, kind of lightweight bars and covered with a heavy-duty tarpaulin. And we're going to be using it as our our yoga, yoga slash gym studio. So we'll be doing our, our classes there, yoga, breath work, and our gym training classes as well. Okay, good stuff, God. You've, so much has changed in the years since you've come home. Does that mean that any plans to travel again are kind of, you've done what you wanted to do in Europe? We have done so much in Europe and we've made so many connections that we, we feel like we could we could go at the drop of a hat, absolutely. But we don't intend to go long term, not for a long time anyway. And for the future, we will definitely head off for a month here and there. Um, but not it won't be a long term thing. And I know yeah. that people are now thinking, because we've been told we can travel again in July. Where would you yeah. say people should? I know sometimes we all have secret parts of the world that we don't want anyone else to know about. But where would you like to <laughs> shout about in Europe? I think our favourite place of all, we, we loved everywhere. Um, well, I wouldn't say actually we loved everywhere. No, there was probably a few places we didn't love, absolutely love. But we did love Brittany in France. It was okay. our number one spot. We've made 
made our best memories over there, I think. And what was it um, about there? a long time. I think it's the people, the culture. It's very similar to our own. It's a very magical kind of a place. Ellen was in her element, so she's mad into fairies and um, all kind of witchery like that. So she, she loved it. There's a lot of dolmens and folklore, and the music is very like ours as well. Just, it was a lovely way, lovely vibe. Lovely, and a lovely way to ease yourself into Europe again because it's quite easy to get to places like Brittany, isn't it? It's sunny across the water, mm, yeah. That's mm. right, it's only a few hours on the ferry and really not a bad ferry at all. Yeah, that yeah. One. We did one ferry to Spain, which was absolute torture. It was, uh, God, I think it was a two-full-day ferry oh, over imagine. to Santander, across the Bay of Biscay. Oh, my God, that was a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> so good experiences and bad experiences, but overall, a great time. Overall, magic almost feels like a dream. We look through our photo books still and, you know, just to keep the memories alive mm. and the memories fresh. We learned so much and we we brought home a lot with us as well, you know, and we'll implement it now into our new lives here. And oh, that's here so great to hear. And yeah. as we were saying, you have a yoga retreat and you are a personal trainer, a strength and conditioning coach um, and a yoga teacher as well. But so is Liam, your partner, your, your husband. Yeah. He has been studying breath work for six years and he's a certified breath coach so you have a little bit of everything going on in your yoga retreat we do lean teaches yoga and mobility training as well and so we'll be we'll be both teaching classes here we have some guests coming down as well which is really exciting and it won't all be just yoga as well we've got you know art artistic collaborations maybe some uh, music collaborations as well so it's all very very exciting really is and it really sounds like you it was meant to be finding that place in Feathered Unbelievable Okay great well you have a yoga retreat for the summer solstice which is of course uh, on the 21st of June it's a yoga retreat and you have accommodation breakfast lunch and dinner and all the classes included as well you can find out details on that and on everything that is happening in Feathered thanks to Neve and Liam on their website it's living off the hook and as you said Neve, there is no G in the living and you can check out their Facebook and all their other social media by just searching for that again it is so lovely to talk to you again I am so impressed that you lasted the two years in a camper van <laughs> where is the camper van? We sold the camper van oh we very sensible right, I know just right when we got back we sold the camper van we bought a smaller van which we're converting ourselves so it's a much smaller van and more um, we, we can use it for lots of things like we'll be using it now for the business but as well we can overnight in it as well so it's really good Brilliant. so you still have a bit of the camping bug do you? Oh I don't think we'll ever lose the, the van bug no when, once you you kind of explore in van life I don't think it ever leaves well listen best of luck with your new venture in the beautiful feathered on this on sea on the Hook Peninsula Uh, livingoffthehook.com is that website and Neve Colford thanks a million for joining me this morning The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 You're listening to The Sunday Grill with me Orla Raffle I hope you're well and here is your heads up it is Father's Day in two weeks from today, that is Sunday, June the 20th. And a Southeast company may have the card for you if you're looking for something a little bit different. Wonky cards are the brainchild of Heather Roberts and Ian McCormick. And Heather is on the phone to tell us more. You're very welcome, Heather. Hi, Orla. How are you? I'm very well. I love 
your cards, Heather. Um, it's without giving anything away, but who's it for? Well, it's obviously for Father's Day, but it's about farting and it's quite perfect. I think you know the one I'm talking about, do you? That's it. That is actually one of our bestsellers this Father's Day. It's absolutely flying out. Everyone is buying it. <laughs> what does that say about fathers and farting, eh? I know, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about wonky cards. Is this your full-time job? No, it's not. So I am actually working full-time as a social care worker and okay. wonky cards is my side business, I suppose you could call it. So myself and Ian, um, we started wonky cards last, well, we kind of started last June, I suppose, but um, on Facebook, just kind of testing the waters. Um, I came down to, I was looking for, I couldn't find a card for someone that, you know, suited my sense of humour. Mm. So I said to Ian one day, I said, just by chance, I said, you know what, Ian, I'm going to start making cards. And he said, off you go. You know, laughed at me and said, no, you're not. So um, that's that's where it started. And it what was that card? Of, what did that card say that you wanted that very first one? Um, it was actually for my brother. So he was, it was, it was his 22nd birthday and I needed something just a bit funny for my brother. So it was... Um, Happy birthday, little brother! You're hardly that annoying anymore. So that was that was the one because um, I was an only child up until when he was born. So he kind of ruined okay. my only child reign. Okay, <laughs> but that would work for so many different scenarios with siblings, oh, 100%, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it. your farting Father's Day one is is very popular, as you said. Have you got any other popular ones? Um, at the minute, so with Father's Day, it's kind of, it's taken over at the minute, but another popular Father's Day one would be, if Grandad can't fix it, it's F. <laughs> that's another one that's okay. um, flying out as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> and what about ones that you like? Have you any favourite ones that that you love to make? Um, the Father's, that, the, the Grandad one would have been a, one of my favourite ones as well, and then I suppose there's a couple of little, you know, kind of cute little ones as well. That we have on the website as well, so it's not just funny cards. Mm. There's, there's a lot of funny stuff on there as well, but there is kind of, you know, the normal traditional stuff as well. I'm just I, look at one here. Yeah. I have one here for a granddad that says, my fingers may be small, but I can still wrap my granddad around them. Oh, so that would be another one of my favourite ones. So. That's gorgeous. God, that's really lovely. How do you come up with them? How do you and Ian work? Is it a brainstorming session or is it a middle of the night pen and paper type thing? So, uh, yes, a lot of us would be, I'd, 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 I'd hear someone say something and I'd mm. go, oh, that's really funny. Or someone would ask me for something or it would have been things that would have been said in growing up, you know, things like that as well. So Or spins on stuff like that. And then sometimes as well you'd be in bed and you'd go, oh, that's, that's great. So you'd have to write down quick before you'd forget. <laughs> and you're doing some work with eBay at the moment, aren't you? Yes. So um, eBay would have approached us last, November and um, to be a part of their retail expansion program and okay. um, so it's specifically designed to help small local businesses expand their reach and to compete on a global scale um, so we received the support we've received from eBay is fantastic and we've had um, access to export mentoring and a dedicated team who can answer any of our questions and they've been really really helpful and it was just great when we're starting you know to and finding our feast at eBay were there for yeah. anything we needed. So that was really great. And how is that working, that juggle between your full-time job and making the cards? Is it starting to get busier and busier? It is. It's getting it's getting busier and it's it's great. I absolutely love it. Um, I was only saying to Ian actually the other day that, you know, it, like it is tough sometimes. You come home after a long day 
and I hate leaving orders there and not having things done like going to the next day with stuff still on the website there and not been ready so I'd, we've had a lot of late nights get, trying to get stuff done but we absolutely love us the two of us do so it's it's a juggle but we get there You're making mugs as well um, yeah, so we I can't do. really read out some of the things you're putting on the mugs <laughs> <laughs> I can read one of them it says I've training which I think would be a perfect car another perfect mug for Father's Day as well I've training yes there's there actually there's a couple of um, mugs there as great gift ideas for Father's Day I suppose so there's a good few mugs on there as well and we actually do we do wall prints as well so there'd be A4 prints for to go in photo frames and stuff on walls so we'd have that as well so it's not just not just cards Lovely. God, you have so much going on. And have you any plans for the future? Future plans, I suppose, would be we'd hopefully want to hire somebody. Like, we're trying to expand into retail stores. So we need a little bit more of a hand with doing that as well. Because there's only one of me and one of Ian, so we can't, mm-hmm. we can't be everywhere, you know. So that would be the next, the next step. So you're coming up with the puns and the different um, sort of sentiments. And then you're designing the cards yourselves as well. Yes. So I do everything from here. We have our spare bedroom has been turned into an office and then the other room in the house has turned into like a warehouse full of cardboard boxes. Our house is just a heap with it at the minute. So it's far so, removed from social care. Is it something, like was art something that you always enjoyed doing? Um, yes. And I would have done art in school but it wouldn't have been something that I kind of took when we came out of school I went straight into social care mm. and it was kind of something that was always in the back of my mind but it wouldn't have been at the forefront of everything that I would have been doing so... Yeah, I suppose it's something that I would have always enjoyed. Is this a, a, a mid-pandemic business you started or were you doing this beforehand? Um, so this started last last June. I had the idea and we, we so we started for Father's Day last year. Okay. We just kind of started on Facebook kind of testing the waters out really just to see how things would go and four weeks later Ian had the website up and running and we've been going since. So wow. yeah, it was a pandemic thing. Yeah, really. and people really like to buy in the pandemic. So you started at a good time, didn't you? That's it. Yeah, it really was perfect time to start was during the pandemic because you couldn't get anything anywhere else. I suppose it was just online, so it really was great. Brilliant. Well, listen, for us, I suppose if people want to have a look at that farting Father's Day card, which someone in my life will definitely be getting, it's wonky. <laughs> cards.eu there's plenty of other cards in there as well uh, some filthy some not so filthy it depends on what you like when it comes to your card giving um, Heather thank you so much for joining me this morning and again that website is wonkycards.eu Thank you so much for having me Orla The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 well, as you know, it is a bank holiday Sunday and the June bank holiday Sunday after a huge amount of restrictions being lifted. And that means that there is more traffic on the roads. Pubs reopening means that people may be considering how they are getting to those pubs to have a few drinks and lots of weekend driving as well. John McDarby is the road safety officer with Carlo County Council and he joins me this morning with just some messages on how to keep our roads safer as both pedestrians bicycle users and car drivers as well. You're very welcome, John. Thank you very much, Orla. I have to say, I've really noticed, like on my little country road, that there's much more cars, for one thing, but people are driving faster. Or Maybe I'm just being a bit paranoid, you know, that I don't have any footpaths, but cars seem yeah. to fly by. And it, I think after a year and a half of it being very quiet, it does freak me out a little bit. Certainly does freak, freak us all out because your experience is exactly the same experience that we have uh, right around the southeast. 
So uh, the experience in, in Wexford is no different than it is in Carlow or Kilkenny or Watford or South Tip. Um, we're, we're, we're all seeing lots of traffic out. And, uh, uh, you know, I suppose people are just can't believe that they're free and able mm. to try go more than five kilometres. And it's just so nice to get to the coast or get to a river or get to a mountaintop or wherever. So uh, we might be maybe all going there uh, a tweak faster than we used to back in the days when we were very conscious of safety and that. So we need to relearn safety. I mean, people like me need to keep re-broadcasting it and re-telling people. And that, why, how uh, do we relearn that? What do we need to relearn? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's it's change of behaviour and change of attitude and, and sort of bringing back all the good sense that we did have once upon a time in our heads. It's in there, and undoubtedly it, it will it will all come out again. The the, the sad news, of course, Orla. I mean, I, in my job, sad things come across my desk all the time, and one of the sad things that came across it this week is the figure for the number of people who died since the start of January up to the end of May, mm-hmm. and, and that's reading 47. Okay. And, uh, and and that's a sad piece of news to have and a sad uh, piece of a, a fact to come across at the desk um, because there are 47 families who haven't somebody mm-hmm. that, that should be there with them uh, celebrating this lovely bank holiday weekend. Um, and it, it's not just families, it's friends, it's work colleagues, it's people who played sports and people who socialised with the, those 47 people. There's a big circle around each of the 47. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm sad for, for those, those 47 families mm-hmm. and those 47 circles. And uh, it, this is a time for uh, the local authorities to, to join with the Garda and the Department of Transport and the Road Safety Authority to just remind people the good sense that they know already that it's about slowing down. Mm-hmm. It's about putting on your belt. And there are still people turning up with no, no seatbelts. Uh, it's, it's about um, the driver not drinking. Okay. And, you know, not, not drinking or taking drugs, but, but uh, alcohol is the, the, the most prominent uh, of, of the intoxicants. With and you have a message from Carlo County Council's road safety uh, for that. It's 12 hours from bottle and throttle. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, we've, we've been saying, you know, minimum of 12 hours from bottle to throttle uh, would be what would be told to, to pilots. And even that's not enough at times, because that means you can get rid of 12 units of alcohol. And and again, everybody's metabolism is different. And um, you know, if if you're pouring drinks at home, you're maybe not measuring uh, the size of the, the 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 drink you're taking in the same way that our our very professional uh, bar trade would be. So, um, you know, you really do need to open up minimum of of of, of twelve and and more if you've consumed more than twelve units. So, drinkaware.ie will give us some idea what a unit is and uh, how long you need to, to clear that out of your system so that you can see things. I mean, it's, it's right down to the common sense of seeing a hazard and reacting to the hazard and making a decision. And I can do it terribly well when, when I am rested and sober and not distracted. Uh, but if you start adding in uh, stuff in my bloodstream, well, you, you, you interfere with the way I see things and hear mm-hmm. things. If if uh, if I'm a bit tired, uh, I, I'm not at my best, 
And if there are things happening, uh, like a mobile phone call in a car, I'm, I'm distracted. I'm talking on the phone while on a journey. Uh, 100% of my attention isn't on the road and the hazards that I'm, I'm passing. And, uh, you know, it, it's good for us all to really be the best possible drivers we can be. If, if we were playing golf or if we were playing GA, we'd want to be the best forward that we were that we could possibly be. We we train, um, even when we're maybe not on a county team or whatever, we'd, we'd still be trying to get to be the best, one of the best in our club, one of the best in our golf club, whatever it might be. True uh, the same is true with the driving. We should really be trying to be the best driver. And, and it, it means the most careful. It doesn't mean uh, the fastest or the most daring. Mm. It really means the, the guy who is, or the girl who is, the most careful and the, uh, the just the, 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 the most superb driver yeah. uh, that Some... sees risks and reacts to them and uh, and doesn't make risks and doesn't make other people change their direction or change their speed or brake suddenly or whatever because we're considerate. So uh, we're going to be the good ones. All of the listeners this morning are going to be the good ones. <laughs> Some good advice there, John. So slow down. Of course, never drink and drive. But if you have had a few drinks, give it 12 hours from when you... open up that 12-hour 12, 12 yeah. gap. Um, and like, it doesn't mean it can't be a fun weekend because it can. And uh, we, we just maybe try and get a designated driver uh, okay, who's stuff. going to drive us all home and... They'll have good fun as well because it, it is great fun being with family and friends. It is, it is. And, and I'm doing out bank holiday. Yeah, well, listen, yeah. you enjoy the rest of the bank holiday as well in County Carlow. Um, thanks a million for joining us this morning, John. That is John McDarby, the road safety officer with Carlow County. Are. The Sunday Grill with Carney & Co. Property Sales and Letting. If you're thinking of selling or letting anywhere in Wexford this year, put it on show with Carney & Co.